Week five featured some awesome games, a overtime game to cap off the night, and then a matchup, you know, that I guess many people we were talking before we went on air did not expect to be as close as it was. And I say it with a smile because my team is involved in that one. But let's break down all the games from week five, the week five uh, post game show. We have two weeks of the regular season left after this. So that's crazy. First of all, we'll kind of do some playoff things in a second, but I'm joined by Kyle. Matt and Logan, guys, thanks for joining me. And let's get right into that overtime game. The Werewolves escape, and they have now won three in a row. We were talking about it after. And they take down the Ozone Boys 72-65 in overtime. Uh, and the Ozone Boys had a shot to win it in regulation. And then it was just kind of all Werewolves in the overtime. And when they're that short, that's kind of how it goes. But we can go to Matt first on that one. We were talking about the atmosphere and kind of having to be there. And I know we just rub it right in Logan's face, who is – many states away, but with that overtime game, you know, two teams, and let me just give you some background. They played in the playoffs, um, and I didn't even pin myself. Hold on one second. Here we go. They played in the playoffs at least last year. Um, if not, it seems like last season we had, the season before, but they had an, a really close 4-5 matchup at one point, and so they know each other, and uh, another great game between the Werewolves and Ozone Boys. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, it definitely seemed like a game where they knew each other because right out the gate, they seemed to understand each other's game plans a little bit. I think the Werewolves understood exactly what the Ozone boys were going to do. I thought that their defense was incredible in terms of swarming the ball and forcing uh, tough shots. I mean, we saw Paul McGuire. He still got his 18. Luke Hogan was, tur Hogan was turning it up. But, I mean, they quieted some guys and, I mean – 65 points from the Ozone Boys is a little more on the lower end. Last week they scored a little less, but 65, they usually get to that 70, 80 range. And then I think from the Werewolves, we just saw clutch, clutch play. And talking to Christian, he said the Werewolves are a team. You know, they started 2-2, two and two, I think maybe even 0-2 or 1-1. One and one. And they were like, no, they've had some bad matchups. Just wait. They're one of these better teams. And I think they proved it. Brian Heston, he's my player of the week with a really clutch performance, 26 points. And – you know, I bet Kyle can attest to this as well. One of those games you just had to be there watching to understand how hype it was, all the noise in the gym, and to perform the way they did against a good young Ozone Boys team. I got to give them a lot of credit. Yeah, it was certainly a very uh, interesting game. We thought at one point uh, margin was slowly getting bigger for the Werewolves, especially down in that fourth quarter. And then uh, I got to give it to the Ozone Boys. They, they, they quickly turned around with a minute to go. They made a quick, uh, a few smart substitutions in. Uh, they brought in ball hawks and people who were really aggressive on defense, and they got those turnovers, and they were able to send it in overtime. But it's those those misses uh, to start off overtime that really killed them, and uh, the free throws from Brian, uh, from Dave Campbell that really uh, made the lead what it was in uh, overtime for the Werewolves. Yeah, and so just to give you guys some – some background with that. So now both teams are three and two and now the werewolves have that tiebreaker. So as we kind of start to preview some of these possible playoff matchups, this game may come back to be big if those teams finish with the same record. Uh, so again, both teams three and two and both teams have kind of taken different ways to get to three and two. Let's touch on what we thought coming in would be the game of the week. And it was a good game uh, topped by that 9 PM game. I'd say for sure, as far as the dramatics go, but We'll stay right on court one, uh, Duye's boys and good you. And so it is the Duye's boys who, you know, hold off, you know, the uh, good you in a finals rematch that I know, you know, Zach Tartaglia talked about after the game. Um, but, you know, two teams that, again, it, that had that playoff atmosphere as well. 
we can let Kyle jump in first with this one, but you know, Kutu and Volpe again, 66 combined Tartaglia, you know, drops 22 and that's nearly all of the Duyez boys points. And that's enough to overcome some balanced scoring from good. You. I don't know how Vincent Volpe and John Kutu do it though, but they, <laughs> they find a way like they, uh, I was convinced that they weren't able to be able to pull this off because, uh, they were down by a decent amount, uh, going into the fourth quarter and then something happened and it just, everything changed. Vincent Volpe was getting everything going his way. Tartaglia was everything, getting everything going his way. John Kutu, it was unbelievable. I mean, they're, they're a fantastic pair to watch though. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah go oh, ahead. Matt. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So that was a really, a uh, really good game. Do boys sitting pretty five and oh, and I think this kind of, put an idea in my head. We've talked in the past couple of, you know, post games and podcasts where can teams that get, I don't want to say carried, but teams that get heavily helped by one to two players, can they go all the way? And I think this kind of proves it. Eight people on the court. It's okay if only two of your guys are the main scorers. I mean, with Kutu, Volpe, and Tartaglia combining for trying to do this quick math, 85, and they scored 90 points. Uh, only five points for the rest of the team. They're going to have the majority split of the points for the rest of the season. I think that's fine. They're consistently going to get you about 20 each, you would say. Um, I think what impressed me with this team this week, though, is we all know them. They got Shane Patrick. They got guys that like to chirp, you know, yell, passionate, energetic, things like that. They Shane Patrick was ejected from this game. They had one substitution against like you mentioned, Joey, a good U team where Matt St. Hours led the way with 31, but then it was spread 19, 13, 11. Like they were moving the ball. They had legs. They had one sub, and I just thought it was really impressive how they mentally handled that game and then physically were able to finish that game and outscore them by double, basically double, 30 to 16 in the fourth quarter, and they were stopping Matt St. Matt St. Hours had a fantastic game, by the way. Shout out to him. 31 points. It looked, it looked effortless. If they won, he would have been player of the week, but I was, I was very intrigued with how they're a four and O team. Yes. And now they're five and O, but all the obstacles they overcame in this game is still win. Yeah. And they improved to five and O like you talked about. And that this, uh, this game you. was, yeah, this, this was a, this was a two point game with five minutes left. Like crazy. this was, this was crazy. Like, yeah. And it's a, definitely a finals preview. And, uh, we're going to get to uh, a team that earned their first win this week, but the Ozone, um, sorry, Good U joins the Ozone Boys at three and two. So now there's five teams with three wins. And so now we start to see how these teams are going to shake out and how those tiebreakers fall into place. Speaking of a team getting their first win, we talked about an undefeated team. We had two teams that were winless coming in, and it is Ball Don't Lie getting the win over the Mambas 78-69 to earn that first win. And Grant Rosenberg, you know, we, we talk a lot about – we try to touch on all the teams, and I kind of want to go to Logan on this. I mean, Grant Rosenberg has been, you know, a consistent 20 to 30 points. Sure, you know, sometimes his team ends up finding themselves down a lot and, you know, do those stats count? Do they not? That's not for me to, you know, debate necessarily. But this game, he showed up and led the way with 26. Ellis Einhorn with 22. But Logan – you know, Grant has been consistent for this team and was a huge reason why they were able to get their first win. Uh, I 100% agree. It seems like Grant is always in highlights. Um, it seems like Grant is always the the lead man for this team. He's always leading the way. 
Um, he does a fantastic job of getting his team in position to create buckets or even just score. Um, he, whether it's him or his teammates. Uh, now, I do want to shout out the Mambas. I think the Mambas are so much better of a team than they're actually showing, especially on the record side. Um, uh, Lawrence and John both fantastic today or last night, 26 points apiece. And uh, they almost both had double doubles as well. So, like, the Mambas are going to be something to watch. I think they could win a playoff game, but it just depends on who they match up with. Yeah, and so as we get to that, um, the, the playoff situation, and I just completely closed out of the tab, Mambos are going to be the 12th seed, and so the top four teams will get a bye. So that's how this is going to roll. So you start looking at the standings, and these standings, again, on the website, are not you know, with the tiebreakers. So just because Good U is three and they have the same record as the Werewolves doesn't mean they would be the three seed, but it's in order by record type of deal. And the tiebreakers would be head-to-head. And then it would be RPI. So we do some math. We take into account strength of schedule. If two teams are tied and they didn't play and we got a whole math equation going on. So that gets messy. But for easy talking, you know, it's going to be 5-12, 6-11. You know, talk about those March Madness matchups, right? 5-12, 6-11, 7-10. And that would be what we call our first round. And so it would be a team like the Warriors, a team like the Werewolves, a team like the Orcas getting the Mambas or ball don't lie in that first game. And that kind of can pose some problems for them. Um, you know, the lone team right now, I'm going to shift gears really quick. The lone team right now that is four and one lob city improved to four and one after only scoring 20 points after halftime. And it was a low scoring game anyway, 68, 60, but you know, I mean, I was, I mean, I was very involved in this game, but felt like they went long, long stretches in that second quarter without scoring, letting the halfway crooks come back. And, and Matt, you know, you were talking about this before, like you guys kept it close. And I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what happens when a team what, for what it feels like doesn't score for minutes and minutes. And normally it's the crooks that can't score. And this time it was, it was Lob City, but you know, what'd you see in that game, you know, uh, between the halfway crooks and, and Lob City? Yeah, honestly, I thought Lob City maybe just came out the gate. I don't want to just not, they didn't look enthused. They didn't look like they were in the game mentally at all. I mean, they still had a good first half, obviously 48 points, but halfway crooks outscored them in the third and fourth quarter, what I'm now looking at. But, I mean, Lob City, you know, they're a solid team. You got to think – not solid, they're a good team. You got to think that in those close games, eventually they're going to be like, all right, let, let's figure out. Let's just get this win, let's get some buckets, get some stops. But the halfway crooks, Joey, I got to say, you guys – I think what was so impressive by you guys was your chemistry. I felt like everyone on the bench was talking. You were very much believed that a comeback could be possible at a point where the, where the lead for Lob City was pretty big. I mean, it was 48 to 32 at halftime and you guys managed to cut. I think it was tied. It got, it was tied at one point or within. It it was tied in the, it was tied at 16, the fourth quarter with four and a half to go. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I just, and for halfway crooks, you, you guys already have like a little bit of a worse record. You're down by 16. You might be like, oh, you know, th- this one's a crapshoot. But I got to say, you guys mentally came back pretty strong in that in that second half. So honestly, I thought you guys just really fought and rose to the level of your competition for sure. Yeah, Kyle, go ahead. <laughs> Speaking of it being tied with four and a half to go. Yeah. Uh in the beginning, I, I Lob City looks like they were playing the normal game, but I think because they they kind of slept on you guys a little bit. They de- I think once they got to that that first like end of the first quarter, going into the second quarter, they had a double digit lead. 
they they thought you guys weren't really going to put up much of a fight. Um, and I think they kind of just like slowed down. I think they they really weren't as involved. They thought they had the win in the bag. And that's what gave you guys the opportunity to come back. And you guys did come back. But th- uh, unfortunately, they just flipped the switch again, turned it right back on, and they went on an 8-0 run to close out the game. Yeah, and I know we'll talk a lot more about Lob City currently standing in that two seed. And so they would get a bye. Um, and that's kind of what that win is big for them. You know, you don't have to worry about tiebreakers if you have more wins than the teams below you in the standings. It makes it very easy. Let's get to Logan here on that last game on core three, the Warriors and Stampede. And, you know, Warriors, you know, up, I guess it's looking like down one at halftime. Um, I know we have all the stats there in that first quarter, but that's okay. Down one at halftime and then, you know, really turned it on in that second half you know, 36 to 13. But Logan, what'd you see from those highlights as far as how Um, the Warriors were able to, you know, pull away? I just saw a lot of deflation from Stampede. They were, they, it just seemed like they were unenthused. They weren't trying on defense. They weren't hustling the ball. Well, on the other hand, the Rhode Island Warriors were just taking advantage of everything that they made. They were keeping each other in the game. Um, They out-rebounded the stampede 47 to 29 and that's just that's insane so like uh, you can't really expect rebounds to be something that wins games but it does help a lot yeah yeah and shout out kevin figurito who consistently from what i've seen is putting up double doubles for this rhode island warriors team you know 32 last night 15 rebounds eight of them offensive like that's a huge huge part those are second chances right eight offensive rebounds, you know, we don't know necessarily how many points that led to, but it's going to lead to good things if you're getting offensive rebounds and controlling that area of the floor. Only five games. We had the Orcas getting a win over Sin City, who was unable to show up. So the Orcas also at three and two. I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Pull up those standings really quick. Let's assume the top four teams get a bye so you can kind of count out. Let's just count out Duye's boys and Lob City for this conversation. But between the other teams – what matchup would you most like to see in the first round? So we're talking teams 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And the 5 would play the 12, the 6 would play the 11 like we talked about. So you kind of want to look at that middle area. But what matchup between two teams are you hoping happens in the first round? Does anybody have, have one? Um, um, I would like all to right, – Kyle first. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that ain't that eight nine matchups uh, pretty interesting, uh, especially because they're two uh, they're two two and three teams. Um, you're talking Sin City and Stampede, yeah. right? So that, that may stay like that, it may not, but yeah. So what what matchup? You know, you can you can mishmash teams here. You could be like Ozone Boys Stampede. You can like, you know, what matchup do you most want to see? <laughs> I want. I, I want to see the Mambas get. The, I want to see a. I want to see a Mambas win. Uh, I, I think their best opportunities to do against the Orcas because the Orcas, right. for some reason, they just have trouble shooting most of the time. Yeah, and uh, it depends on their big men and their on their defense, though. But uh, but here's the thing, though. The reason why the Mambas lost the uh, the game this week is because they had four players. They're playing the entire forty minutes. Right. I truly think if they had their full squad there, eight players, four was getting rest and four were out there, and they just kept switching like they usually do. I'm pretty confident they would have won against Ball Don't Like, because they only lost by nine. Right. So, right. 
I want to see the Mamas get there first. When <laughs> it would be awesome if they could do it in the playoffs. I think Orcas, uh, uh, Orcas <laughs> will lose to them. This is how you get called out again. <laughs> yeah, Orcas next week. Just putting it out there. This is the blueprint for a post-game interview call-out about Kyle by the Orcas. That's okay. I also I also got to apologize to the RA Warriors. I chose the Stampede. I'm sorry, RA Warriors. <laughs> you, you, you guys really did shut me up. <laughs> there you go. Logan, do you have a matchup? Whether it exists right now or not, what two teams would you uh, take? So you just count out Lob Cities and Lob City and Dujay's boys? Yeah. So really any other okay. – I mean, yeah, any other two teams kind of work for me. I would really enjoy seeing a Warriors and Ball Don't Lie playoff there you game. Go. I, I feel like that game would go to the Warriors, but I feel like they would just it would just be an absolute fireworks of a, a show. Uh, the Warriors would be always defensive. Yeah. And Ball Don't Lie is starting to really figure it out, I feel like, and they're, they're starting to improve each week. So by the time playoffs comes around, I feel like this would be an absolute barn burner. Matt, who you got? If they somehow don't get – if neither of these teams – if both these teams don't get a bye, I would love to see a Werewolves-Ozone Boys rematch. There you go. Just because of how awesome that game was last night. But a more realistic matchup that I would like to see, I'd like to see the Orcas versus your team, the halfway crooks. <laughs> It'd be a good game. It, I'm telling you. I think you. that'd be a pretty interesting matchup because I was heavy on the Orcas start of the season. They've been starting – to dip a little bit and then i saw i saw something in your crooks joey i saw a little spark and that i time think of if, year. If, they, if they get a matchup with the orcas i mean out we'll see what happens let me just say say it with a smile and you guys are all new it's around this time of year week five six seven normally we play nine regular season weeks or eight i would hate to see the halfway crooks in the first round of the playoffs let me just put that out there that would be not a fun matchup mm-hmm. for a lot of teams is the way things are going right now but uh, guys, See, very you good can't job. Say that. <laughs> I can say I can say whatever I want. It's my show. That's I can fair. literally say this whatever I want. Uh, but no, I do. It's funny. I say that every time. I say I would hate to see the halfway crooks in the playoffs. Let's put it that way. I mean, but seriously, as a one in four team, you know, and there's other teams with, with records like that too. You know, I think Sin City, when they have their team at two and three, I think is a little better than maybe two wins right now. And so it's all about matchups and it's all about who you get in that first round. But we'll continue to preview the playoffs, guys. Thank you very much. Good job. We'll see you guys back. I just need—I just need someone yeah. to beat the Dugay boys. I just—I just—I'm sick of them calling me out I, on Twitter. I'm sick of it. Come on, I need someone to step up and beat them. <laughs> that we'll, 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 I, we'll uh, end on that. Yeah, we'll we'll end on that. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. <laughs>